in this episode of the Unfolded Soul, bless his heart, leadership podcast, the damn gremlins almost got me. Almost got me. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, bless his heart. The name, Ken Williams. I have to admit, it's the end of spring break and the gremlins were crawling around the inner portions of my mind. I was a little anxious and a bit pessimistic about the climate at school immediately following spring break. I arrived and was pleasantly surprised at how orderly and civil breakfast was. I was also pleased at how quickly students got quiet at town meeting. It really cemented another layer of faith and pushed me to expect better. I decided to capitalize on this positive start by first acknowledging it publicly and then challenge the students to continue this positive momentum throughout lunch. I was really proud of their behavior. Short of a few blips, the day went pretty smoothly. Let's get into this. Those damn gremlins. Look, they're not going anywhere. You know, uh, I think I did a video. It's not, I haven't dropped it yet, but it's on this bullshit fearlessness thing. There's no such thing as fearlessness. There's only acting in the face of fear, right? And acting in spite of the fear, but doubts, fears, doubts, and worries. You learn to manage them better, but they aren't going anywhere. And admittedly, this was, you know, early on in my principalship at this school. And I know, you know, one, I was nervous because you hear about the reputation of kids when they come back from spring break. And that's just everywhere you go. But also, we're still pretty early on. And I feel like, uh, damn it, who's the, what's the fairy tale of the cat? by the wall and there's a bunch of holes and water was spilling through and this cat was putting his thumb and his fingers and all his toes trying to just keep the water from collapsing the wall I forgot the name of it but that's what I felt like at that point and it's not that set me up as some kind of hero because you don't want that as a leader like you don't want to be the sole arbiter of expectations you don't you don't want that that only happens in the movies and um that only happens in the movies, no place else. So I say that to say when kids would have a bad day, I could just feel the energy of, hmm, look at him. You know, he's talking about all his high expectations and all this vision for our kids and look at him acting a damn fool. You know, I could just feel that. And I'm sure a part of it was me being inside my head too much. But, you know, I'm at one of those places, man, where people don't hesitate man. they don't hesitate like they think that day I just read to you was like an aberration and they'd rather reinforce the really tough days you know what I mean it's like when 
my friend and colleague, uh, Doug Reeves, you know, he started digging up these 90, 90, 90 schools, you know, 90% free and reduced lunch, 90% poverty and 90% achievement. And he tells this story, like every time he dug one up, people are like, show me another one. And he dig another one, another one, another one. Like almost like I refuse to believe this. And that's how, you know, sometimes that's how shiny moments were treated at my school, almost like it's an aberration. Like this is this just not usual. And so, you know, that post spring break thing, that's that's a point of anxiety for a lot of leaders. But here's what I learned, and I'm afraid that I'm about to screw up another episode, but because this may be a future episode, but if not, I'm gonna just drop it on you now. Here's what I discovered after several years of kids coming back more fights blah 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 behaviors kept putting it on the kids but I just decided to do this like this informal just survey I don't mean a paper survey it's like I'm walking around looking at stuff and here's what I noticed at this school at my school spring break kind of coincided with testing Right, so testing was either done or about to be done. And here's, you know what I started noticing? Like these kids' behavior, coming back, losing their damn minds after spring break, kind of coincided with lots of classrooms starting to dismantle shit for the end of the year. <laughs> we had... We in the middle of March, approaching April, and bulletin boards start coming down, and you know, reference posters and stuff just start kind of getting packed up, and you know, we. In other words, I found that my teachers were like altering routines significantly, and I think this led to a disruption in both routines and student behaviors. But for years, it just kept putting it on the kids. Like something happens, like there's something about the March air that kids come back and lose their damn minds. Um, it's never as bad like for Thanksgiving or you know Christmas break, but spring break. And what I found was when adults altered the routine, kids felt like it was permission to alter the routine, right? We go from showing a little, a little clip from a movie to make a point to showing the whole damn movie kids don't need to see Ben-Hur baby it's an epic right <laughs> all of a sudden we got extra extra recess kids going back outside I'm like wait a minute so one of the things we had to institute was like a march to march curriculum you know because I understand why teachers see the you know the testing window as all right, it's time to like we wind it down now. But we had to talk about previewing. Like we need to start previewing for next year because I understood how it started to feel like toward the end of the year. But but we can't complain about not having time to get to everything, not having time to teach all we need to teach, and then we take the last month and a half off and just be coasting downhill, and that contributed to kids losing their damn minds. And so we put that in place, man. And even though folks were frustrated about it it definitely curtailed a lot of behaviors. It's just when we broke routine, kids broke routine. So let me get back to that day. Um, 
yeah, you know, so I know I'm, I needed like a pattern, just like a pattern of positives to start changing the minds of some of my staff because they were just like, again, a day like this is an aberration. And so it caused me to walk around my, my, oh God, I just keep it raw here, man. Don't judge me. My ass was a little tight. I'm not going to lie to you. Times like this, you know, you come back for spring break, principal, my ass is tight because I'm, I'm afraid these gremlins are in my head telling me stuff and it's going to feel like I'm back at square one, like we back in August or something. And I didn't want that. So I'm proud of myself. When I look back at this entry, because I knew to capitalize on it, right? Because I didn't treat it like an aberration. And I don't care if it was the first time they ever behaved. I was going to jump on that, put it on a damn flag, run it up a flagpole, and use it as leverage to build positive momentum. And that's what I did with it. I mean, it wasn't even... I mean, the same day, I somehow, you know, I, pull, I don't remember exactly how I pulled them together, but I acknowledged publicly how well the morning went. And because I saw them do this after spring break, it just like, it, it created like a marking in my brain that this is possible, this is doable, this is no longer theory, you've done it. And I need to talk about it. And we don't do enough of that, you know? I'm talking a lot about my new book, um, but... You know, the opposite of that is usually what's normal in schools to say, well, this is the first time you've ever behaved well like this. Well, this is not what usual spring break looks like. Oh, don't worry. They'll, they'll screw it up this afternoon. You know, like, like you know, Cobb and Crown Apple call it violations of dignity. Like, that's the norm. But what helps to create a culture of belonging and inclusion is what I'm talking about. It's like, you, like, count that win. Because I sincerely was more confident. Like, you couldn't tell me anything about what our kids weren't capable of after spring break, you know, just based on that morning. And I wanted to let them know that. I wanted our staff to know that. We had to acknowledge that publicly. Give them a reputation to uphold, right? It's it's powerful when you give someone a reputation to uphold. It's doubly powerful when you've capitalized on a, on a moment where they've modeled it, like almost unknowingly. And so... Again, I wasn't blowing smoke. You know, every spring break after that, I spoke with conviction. Not because of some theory, but because of what they pulled off that first year. You know, they came back and were orderly and also, of course, working with staff on keeping routines in place. But um, gremlins have my ass a little tight, but you can't show it, baby. Like, you can't show it. You can't show it. It's, uh... And I don't mean you can't show it as in don't be transparent or vulnerable. I mean, you can't let an ounce of air in that's aligned with the naysayers being right. I don't care when you have, you know, you can stumble and stuff like that, but they were never gonna ever, ever hear me say I had a feeling they wouldn't come back and you know be a hot mess they weren't gonna get that from me like that was me fighting my inner demons I know what I wanted to see 
you know, I know what I projected in terms of my energy, but I was also fighting. I was fighting those damn gremlins. I'm not going to lie. I was fighting those gremlins, man. And our kids showed me. They showed me. They modeled for me. Right. Their, their behavior almost admonished me. And I was uh, I, w- I was glad to get spanked that day and basically shown that uh, we can do this. So let's make that happen. Let's make that happen. Look for opportunities. Capitalize on them. Whether you're talking about students or staff members who need a win. Now, I'm not talking about giving them away. Like I didn't give anything away that day. Like they earned it. So as leaders, let's look for those opportunities in both our adults and our students. One, it creates a powerful sense of belonging. Two, it gives them a reputation to uphold, right? Like they've, they've reached that height. And three, it should make you more confident as a leader. You know, figure out what it, you know, what was done to make that happen so you can repeat those processes. You can become more convicted about your leadership and about what it's going to take to bring your mission to life. Start with the crown. Leaders, if you're interested in how to embed equity on your campus, make it a part of your school's DNA and ensure equity, excellence, and achievement for all students regardless of background. If you want to know how to dismantle ability groups and make high levels of learning happen for every student, pick up Ruthless Equity, my brand new book. It will be out in mid-January. If you want to learn more about it, go to ruthlessequity.com. That's ruthlessequity.com. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, bless his heart, leadership podcast, seemingly out of nowhere, that man walked by and put a word on me. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul, bless his heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.